0: Every day is a new day. I'm for I take. I won't So I learn from my mistakes. Welcome back to Roy on Rescue. This is Roy Shaw, paramedic. I had a, a gentleman ask me just this morning, in fact, um, what should he have done or what were the signs and symptoms that he would have recognized uh, after his child in a basketball scrimmage? hit his head on the floor. It was a very hard surface gym floor. Uh, It sounds like the child hit his head pretty hard uh, and had some signs and symptoms. So I thought I'd take this opportunity to actually use this as a teaching moment, answer his question, but also maybe answer some of your questions as well from a paramedic standpoint what we would do or what we would look for when it comes to head injuries. Now um, this young man actually hit his head, uh, was not knocked unconscious, he was dazed a little bit, saw some stars, the quote-unquote stars, and then uh, actually began playing basketball again. So it, clearly he was functional enough to be able to play basketball, said that he started feeling a little bit under the weather after that, and then he actually sat down on the bench for the rest of the night. Um, later, that, uh, later after that head injury, he developed a headache, um, had some weakness in the legs a little bit, or at least that's what his sensation was. Uh, but then within a couple few hours actually cleared up and was back uh, active again with no further complications. That really indicates to me that though I don't know for sure it was most likely a concussion or a contusion. Um, The concussion is just some minor swelling, uh, some aggravation due to the brain slapping the inside of the skull upon impact with a hard surface or a sudden stop <clears throat> Excuse me, this is very common with uh, people hitting their head against something um, and normally self relieves uh, the symptoms within time. Now this is a lot different though than a head injury that has uh, developed bleeding and pressure inside the skull like a closed head injury uh, and is causing some other complications or could even cause death. Um, You compare that also to open head injuries. Open head injuries is when we have either a penetrating object in the skull or a skull fracture and laceration where we actually have bleeding coming from the fractured skull, cerebral spinal fluid, or a noticeable open skull. Uh, Ironically with that, sometimes they relieve their own pressure and in certain cases can actually help benefit the patient more than hurt the patient as long as they don't contract a complication from that. Um, But let's talk about the management of this, though. If we were to be in that scenario, we would first of all want to realize that this person either was knocked unconscious or was not knocked unconscious. They were knocked unconscious. In my opinion, that constitutes a 911 call or a visit to the emergency room if otherwise the person seems stable. Um, this is because a traumatic injury that causes a loss of consciousness is traumatic enough that it could have also caused some other brain trauma, uh, whether that be a laceration or tearing, um, some type of hemorrhage that could have uh, come about because of that, that severe knock on the head, but we're gonna want to maybe have a CAT scan or an MRI just to make sure that there isn't any bleeding going on inside that's not stopping um, or that may cause some complications down the road uh, let's say that the church child was not knocked unconscious <clears throat> um, if the child was not knocked unconscious or the person was not knocked unconscious we would question the person allow them to sit in the position of comfort make sure they don't have a neck injury associated with the head injury if they did have a neck injury or they were unable to move or had other complications we would help to stabilize and minimize movement in the person and then seek 911 or medical help. If they seemed otherwise normal, or in this case, they returned to the game and played another round of the game, seemed otherwise normal, except for a developing slight headache, then we can actually go into some assessment. How are you feeling? Can you tell me how you feel? Are you, um, are, you know, how does your head feel? I like to ask those open-ended questions. If you say, does your head hurt? Yes, it does. That's a closed-ended answer to a question. I I don't get any subjective material that way. I wanna just say, how are you feeling? Can you describe how you feel right now? And then be quiet and let the patient tell me how they feel. Now they'll expound without me leading them down a trail. Are you feeling short of breath? Yeah, I'm feeling short of breath. Do you have a headache? Yes, I got a headache, it's killing me. Does your neck hurt? Oh yeah, by the way, I think my neck hurts now. So you can kind of lead the patient down a road if you start offering them signs and symptoms. So it's always a best practice, in my opinion, to not offer them answers. Let them come up with answers all by themselves, and you'll get probably a more reliable assessment. Um, In this case, the child had a growing headache, but it was not getting severe to the point of not being able to concentrate. Uh, And it was relieved without even any aspirin, Tylenol, or ibuprofen a couple hours after the event versus it getting worse and worse. Uh, We would want to monitor this patient though, make sure it does not get worse, make sure they do not become lethargic or unresponsive, make sure that they're answering questions appropriately, not overly tired. Now that's a tough one with little children because they probably cried really hard, they were probably playing really hard, it almost always seems to happen right about nap time or bedtime so they're probably naturally going to be getting tired anyways. Um, Some of the signs and symptoms I look for in a smaller child is do they have nausea, vomiting? Are they confused? Are they hard to wake if they're napping? Um, Do they seem to be moving appropriately, answering appropriately, speaking appropriately? Is their speech slurred? um, Do they seem to recognize people in the house? Adults, you can ask them what time is it? What day is it? Who are they? What's their birth date? What's their social security number? Things that they normally should know off the top of their head And if they can't, that would probably get classified as confusion or a decreased level of consciousness. And that would indicate an emergency medical service call. Um, If the person goes unresponsive or the pain gets worse or they become um, less uh, acute. In other words, they just seem to be losing the grasp of time, place, person. um, They get weakness in one side, slurred speech vomiting, one pupil is larger than the other. This is definitely a medical emergency. We're going to minimize movement, encourage the patient to stay in a position of comfort. Uh, If they go unconscious, immobilize the head the best we can or minimize the movement of the head and then check airway, breathing, circulation. Give them what they need for resuscitation until EMS arrives, emergency medical services. Um, So these are just some of the things that we should be aware of but in most cases A concussion is the most common injury related to a bonk on the head. It normally is self-limited and usually the swelling or the concussion goes away after a couple few hours to a day with no other side effects. Um, So it's always wise if you're in doubt to go ahead and call your doctor and ask for their opinion. But this might give you a couple tips on what you can do if something like this happens when you're around. So from Roy on Rescue, I hope this was helpful. Keep your questions and comments coming in. You can tweet me at Roy on Rescue with the ampersand Roy on Rescue sign. Or you can always email me uh, Rescue at gmail.com. Or you can um, get a hold of me through Facebook, Roy on Rescue at Facebook. So I hope those were helpful. We'll talk to you real soon. Have a great day.